0: Welcome to the Full Potential Podcast. I am your host, Nick Wagner Sr. And every week I interview guests that share career stories, ideas, and experiences to empower and inspire people to reach their full potential. If you enjoy the episode, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, including Apple Podcasts, Google, and Spotify. Thanks for listening. Rick Voigt, welcome to the Full Potential Podcast. I'm thrilled to have you on tonight to hear about your career journey. Nick, thanks for having me on. I'm looking forward to uh, chatting a little bit. It's it's gonna be fun. And, you know, know, Rick, I I do this almost every Sunday night to hear from inspirational people like yourself so others can kind of understand what could be with their career. So I I try to find individuals that have, have had very unique careers you have worked for some huge, huge companies that people will know the names of those companies you've worked for, and now you own your own business that people might not know your business, but they'll learn about it tonight. So you've had a very successful career both in the corporate world and as an entrepreneur. So I'm really excited to dive into that and hear about what it was like to work at for for Kodak, as an example, at the you know really during their their heyday, and and now what it's like to run VividPics, your own business, and and I think we. Uh, for those that are photography buffs out there, I think we might learn some interesting things about photography as well because that is a world that you are uh, very knowledgeable in, which is was going to be really cool. So so welcome to the show and I appreciate you making time. Uh, I always start with the, the first question, Rick, is when you get to meet someone, we'll talk pre-COVID when you got to actually meet people in person and someone asks, "Who is Rick Voigt? How do you answer that question? I'm a father a husband and someone who loves business. Okay. Uh, I like how you start with father and husband because I'm the, I'm the same way. I always start with family before I, I jump into the work piece. So, and we're going to talk about all the business and, and including your awesome business, Vivid Pictures. I love how you're you're rocking the shirt. You're rocking the swag to rep the company. But let's go back, Rick, to when you were a little Rick, because I want to hear, I love they start at the beginning of the journey. So when you were, and you know, seven eight nine ten was business something you always knew you wanted to do in the future was that was it like if you had family members that own their own businesses or 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 that were entrepreneurs did you know what you wanted to do when you grew up so that's a question i don't normally answer
1: so it's kind of fun so i was the kid who i grew up in rochester new york and uh, at that time we used to get a bunch of snow And so I would be out there shoveling sidewalks and driveways in the wintertime. And I would be cutting yards, uh, in the summertime and raking leaves. Uh, so I guess I always had a, uh, a, a work hard mentality and I always enjoyed making a couple extra shekels.
0: And did you have family members that encouraged that or was that something that you just naturally gravitated to?
1: I think I, I always enjoyed having my own money. Um, at that time, gosh, I think my allowance was probably around a quarter and I could go out and, uh, uh, shovel a walk and make a buck. I could shovel a a driveway and make five or 10 bucks. So I'd make a lot more money going out on my own in order to be able to have, have dollars. Um, I guess as far as my folks, um, they, they instilled in us that dad, dad was an entrepreneur. So I guess that definitely, uh, doesn't fall too far from the tree. Uh, but he also was, um, and mom, they were people that if I wanted a new bike, so, uh, I wanted a 10 speed bike and the way I was going to get a 10 speed bike was I was going to have to pay half and they'd pay half. Um, I was a scuba diver. So half, half of my gear I had to pay for and half of the gear they paid for. My skis, I used to race Giant slum when I was in high school. So I, I had to make money. I, I, was a, I was a car porter at a car dealership through high school. So I used to prep cars for delivery. I worked at a country club and I cleaned shoes. Um, and every day after school, I'd go over to the country club and I'd clean other people's shoes so yeah i was I was fairly industrious
0: yeah, no, I love that and 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 what I've noticed in many of my discussions, those that are entrepreneurs, which you you're included have a lot of family family members that influence that, so I'm not surprised to hear that your father was an entrepreneur you You mentioned a couple hobbies uh the the, the scuba diving and the skiing, and I know. That based off of what Vivid Picks does, the scuba diving is is actually a, a part. You know, scuba and underwater photography is a part of your business. So we'll, we'll dive into that later. But I want it's I want to ask. Here's the play on words, right? Right. I, I want to ask the I want to ask the photography question because photography and and, you know, this this idea of um, Kodak and and what you do today and your career has been so. It's it's all around this idea of not just uh, digital photography, but originally it was not digital. Did you get into photography at a young age or was that something that came later in life? I was not a photographer. Uh, My father
1: loved taking pictures. He was a lousy picture taker. He was the type that always cut off half the head and all those types of things. Uh, But I grew up in Rochester, New York. I graduated from Rochester Institute of Technology. Um, and so like most you're coming out of school, you don't know what you're going to do. You try to get the interviews where you can. I ended up interviewing with Kodak and being offered a job. And, um, and so I ended up in the photography business. My undergrad, my undergrad degree is in finance. Um, and I think that has served me well. I'm fairly good at working with numbers and trying to find profit. Uh, but I. So I, so while I worked in the photography business, my business was generating profits and revenues for my own company and for other people.
0: And I want to ask about college was, was, was going to college. Cause you went to RIT, which is a, a fantastic school and, and not easy to get into or, or, or finish, you know, it, it's just a tough school was, was going to school. Something that was expected of you, uh, after high school. Yeah,
1: it was, it was expected. Um, I am also the first male college graduate in my, in my roots. So uh, it was expected, you know, dad, dad finished high school and a little bit of college, but he didn't finish and it was
0: expected that I would go to school. Yeah, I'm sure your parents were proud you you mentioned Kodak and and I want you to share a little bit about because we have listeners Rick that are that probably don't realize how big a deal Kodak was when you were working at Kodak. I mean you you started at Kodak I think in in the 80s which Rochester Kodak I mean this was it was it was one of the most iconic brands in America. So share a little bit about like what it was like to work at Kodak during that time because I think a lot of my guests probably don't realize that it, the Kodak name was as big as, as Apple in, in its heyday. Absolutely.
1: Um, so to put a perspective as to how big Kodak was, um, its brand, it, it would go back and forth between Coca-Cola, Kodak, and a third. Um, often that was a Disney. Um, so from a global perspective, there was, there was not a bigger company brand wise in the world. From a technology perspective, we generally were one or two of new patents in the world. And Kodak had been around for over a hundred years. So um, the Kodak moment, um, it it was because it was so iconic within uh, people taking pictures, reliving moments. We had Bill Cosby, which obviously has different connotations today as it did back then but you know he was a spokesperson michael landon of little house on the prairie he was a spokesperson it was it was an incredible company
0: and and you were there for 19 years and did a variety of different roles and i think one thing and we're not going to go through all your roles but i think one thing that people often ask rick is How did you find all these different roles? Because you had a lot of opportunities and did a lot of really cool things at the company. And and a lot of people struggle with, especially at a company of that size. It was a huge company when you worked there. How do you how did you find your next role? Did did they come to you and say, hey, Rick, we want you to do this next? Or did you do it through networking or mentors? Share, share how maybe a couple an example of how you found your next role and, and how you were able to do so many amazing things in 19 years there. Uh so I'll start with the beginning and the end and
1: fill in a couple of blanks. So I started out as a beginning sales rep. So I had, you know, a couple hundred accounts. I would drive a car around to stop, to stop, to stop. Um, that could be a photo specialty dealer, a camera store. Uh actually started before there were mini labs, uh, which a lot of people won't know what mini labs were. Um, wholesalers, drug stores, card shops you name it. And I was just a peddler with an amazing brand, right? You know, a lot of people had to have Kodak on their shelf. Um, I ended my career as vice president national sales manager for any printed picture in America. So was responsible for a billion and a half dollars a year. And so what was fun is that um, the career was one primary role was sales. However, in order to create sales, I often found marketing things to do with like partners. So for instance, my first territory was south of Boston, over to Newport, over, well, including Newport, Rhode Island, over to Providence, Rhode Island, the southern tier of Massachusetts. And I would work with McDonald's and Coca-Cola, which the three colors blended together well. Um, and we would run promotions and it could be come into your local McDonald's, uh, with a empty Kodak film box or a two liter bottle of Coke and have your picture taken with Santa Claus or those types of things. And, um, because, because Kodak at that time had roughly 100% market share in the United States, it deteriorated a lot through the years through their various things. Um, it we always were looking for ways to be able to create picture taking. Um, and so I had different couple of different sales roles, increasing responsibilities. Um, I started college as a marketing student, um, found that it didn't do everything for me and finance. I liked more. Um, so I had a couple of marketing roles and, 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 and then more progressively responsible roles.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, it it was it, it seems like you really had a, an unbelievable journey uh, to go from just uh, you know right out of college getting hired as a sales rep to to vice president, national sales manager. So I think that's I think that's a pretty fantastic story, and and again, I, and I can't stress this enough, like how iconic the the brand Kodak and and really what what your company sold was uh, for, for so long. I mean, I know the company has transformed immensely now. It does, it's, it's really in a different place now than it was when you were there or, or even 50 years ago. But uh, I, I obviously you're still proud of, of, of what you did there and, and you know, what you accomplished, which I think is great. And I think obviously you learned an immense amount about business, the photography industry, um, and, and, and how to work with people. You left Kodak to go to Hewlett Packard, which again was in you know retail publishing is what you would call it on LinkedIn. So you still, did, you, you didn't move to starting your own business at that point, but did you start thinking about your, owning your own business while you were at Hewlett Packard? Like at what point did you start kind of getting those wheels turning? Like, I think I want to work for myself.
1: Yeah. Terrific question and two-part answer. First off at Kodak, because we were such an amazing company, I got to work with amazing people. Um, so I had great bosses that would, you know, my first boss, Bob chat, Bob would say, don't come to me into my office with a problem unless you have an idea for an answer. Um, and that doesn't mean that the, the idea for the answer was right, but at least think about it so that you can come at it. Um, the transition time. So I, I left Kodak with a, a very heavy, non-compete. I respected the non-compete. They, yeah. they they paid me well for that non-compete uh, and I was recruited over to HP. And uh, HP was in the process of wanting to do more within the photography business. They had lots of different tech. Um, so we had lots of different printers. We had lots of different server capabilities to move things either within an environment or through the cloud. Uh, we bought a company called Snapfish. Um, so we wanted to be able to make sure that people were able to do things at home, print at home, connect into the cloud, and also come down into retail. So my photography background lended it itself. Well, uh, in that one year non-compete, I was a consultant and, um, I did a couple of different gigs. I was, um. Uh, salespeople with the beginning of the internet. So I left Kodak in 03, um, which was really the relative beginning of the internet. So putting together advertising that could take advantage of the bandwidth, and faster bandwidth, and how do you create the messaging online, and how do you get new eyeballs and things like that. So very early on there, And then HP was lovely because they wanted to spin up a division. Um, One of my jobs at Kodak, I ran non-traditional channels for the United States and I had global responsibility for the underwater photography business and for the cruise line industry. Um, So I had insights into non-traditional things and having to come up with non-traditional ways of solving those things.
0: Yeah, no, that's really interesting. and it's, it, it's funny, Rick, because we have I have listeners that listen to this podcast that probably don't remember the struggle that you and I went through with, you know, dial up Internet at some point and then DSL. And, then, and now it's like you get faster internet everywhere, but it wasn't always the case, to your point. So it's uh, that that also obviously, obviously, you know, moving to digital photography was a huge shift for the photography industry, but also to your point, just this idea of the cloud and, and faster Internet as well. So at what point did you decide you wanted to start your own business? And how did and how, how did that happen? Because I think for a lot of people that, that end up being entrepreneurs, there's usually something that happens, or there's some moment, they're like, you know what, I think this could be this could be something that I need to do. How did, how did that happen? Like, how did you leave HP and make that happen?
1: So probably three things. Uh, one, is my daughter was recruited to the air force academy and um, when she stepped foot on campus her junior year um, i knew she was pretty well set and hopefully i was a pretty decent dad um, and i wanted to make sure that she was taken care of Um, two uh, my dad had passed and my dad was my best friend Uh, and I'm, and as I reflect, there was probably a lot of dynamics going on. Um, and then three from a technology standpoint, what I had been hired to do and set out to do with HP, some of those things were not happening, maybe, um, as well as they might, um, and maybe not as fast as I would want. And I had another opportunity. Um, where I had sat on the board of a company, and it was in the health field. And it was, yeah, this this could be a lot of fun. Um, and so I took a cut in pay, and I quit a very, very well-paying job, and uh, decided to give that a try, working for somebody else, but being part of the executive team. And that was fun. We ended up, rolling out thousands of kiosks across America, within the health industry. And then when that ended, um, I kind of looked myself in the mirror and said, what do you want to do next? Do you want to go? You've you've tasted entrepreneurship, there are goods and bads, you've spent your career in in corporate, and there are lots of goods and bads, where do you want to spend the rest of your life? And when I, when I was responsible, so diving, so I happen to be at a, at a friend's house in, uh, St. Louis, Missouri right now. And he's a, he's a very good photographer. Uh, this is one of his behind me. and, um, uh, and because I took my first dive when I was eight, got certified and I was 14, uh, ran, a uh, you know, the underwater world for three years. Um, I, I thought that would be a nice time, nice place to spend some time. So, um, talked to an old friend of mine from Kodak and, and we invented VividPix.
0: That, and we're, and we're going to dive into that, but I want to, I want to highlight a couple things that, that you mentioned that your, your daughter, you felt your daughter was in a good place. And so I think a big, a big thing, a lot of people struggle with it. And you started this conversation with your husband and a father you, you, you waited until after you felt she was, she was good from a school perspective and a career perspective to make this leap. It was, was that just because you wanted to make sure that she was financially stable and you wanted to make sure that you, you had the, the time to be with her before you were an entrepreneur. What was the, what was the decision there? Cause I think that's a really important point you brought up. Um, I think the biggest thing is that
1: I i raised her a certain way i was fortunate that i had a career that allowed my wife to be a stay at home mom and my i i literally when i was with hp i used to commute sunday or monday night out to san diego and fly back from san diego on thursday nights or fridays every week Um, for a couple of years i i was in a hotel room over 300 nights per year Um, and when i was home i'd take meg out on the tennis tour and we had a lot of one-on-one time so you know she she and my wife are most important to me when she stepped on campus that junior year i knew i knew i'd done a good job and i knew she was going to be taken care of
0: yeah and you knew you have the the time to do the business so let let's talk about vivid picks. so uh, and remember that not everyone listening is a has the 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 Photography background that you have. So, what is Vivid Pix? And, and I really think it's, 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 you're really a technology company, but share what is Vivid Pix and uh, why did you create it? Tell, tell me the why behind it. So,
1: back from 98 to 01, which was the beginning of digital photography, uh, when we primarily went from film to digital cameras, um, I got to meet this guy and his name was Randy Fredland. And Randy, Randy is my my ying and I'm the yang or he's the yang and I'm the ying or frickin frack and and really what it is is is, is that um, He's a technologist with Kodak. He hold, he held over 150 patents in color and image science Wow, so tr- so truly one of the best image scientists in the world and I'm a business guy Um, I, I love business. Like I said, in the very beginning, um, I like making connections. I like being able to identify business need, consumer need, commercial need, fitting the pieces together. Um, and it was a, a time then that I had just got back from a trip from Belize, um, a spring break that we had been on with Meg and my wife and all my pictures came back green. Which is technologically what happens when you take a picture underwater, because light filters the warm colors first and then the cool colors Um, and had a little bit of insight into into all of this uh, from the past. And I sent those pictures up to Randy and I said, Randy, could you please fix these for me? And he did. And then I called up some old friends that I knew from the old industry and said, you know, how were people fixing their photos in the digital world? And they threw out a couple of very large companies that everyone would know their names in, in image improvement. And um, that's those softwares are excellent softwares, but they're not easy. Um, they're not easy to learn how to use. Um, and um, so George Eastman, the founder of Eastman Kodak. What made the company great was um, something called, you press the button, we do the rest. And and that's what made Kodak what Kodak was. And that's what we've done with VividPix, is we have two patents, we have two software patents that automatically correct underwater photos. Um, And then um, the market spoke and said, have you ever thought about old faded photos? Well, this year I will have been in the photographic business for 36 years in July and you know what yeah we had thought about old faded photos before and that seemed like a really good time particularly because we had a customer that wanted to pay for it and at that time we created our second patent our second product called restore um and that is technology it's absolutely technology artificial intelligence we analyze an image we adjust color contrast lightness and sharpness all at once um, so you click one button and it, it's pretty magical.
0: Yeah. And I, and I, what I love about it, my, my brother is a huge photographer. So I want to make sure he, he, he checks out your, uh, your site and watches this podcast. Cause he's so big into not only photography, but also he, he dives too. So the two of you will probably hit it off, but I love how you're, you're taking really memories for people and, and making them you know like just look better, right? And because to your point earlier, right like why why was Kodak so successful? polity of the kodak moment and reliving this this snapshot in time for individuals. And that's exactly what you're doing with vivid pics, whether it's going on a dive and taking an amazing picture of a coral reef or a fish or as as you said with restore, you know maybe it's that picture of with you know grandma and grandpa. 60, 70, 80 years ago, and being able to bring that back to life. So you must feel proud that you are able to, to do that for individuals and help make those pictures, you know, really look, look how they should.
1: Um, I am, and thank you. I'm very proud. I'm very proud of what we've accomplished as a company. Um, so I'll put a couple personal things around that. Um, when, when you yield uh, and wield. A, a brand like a Kodak or an HP, um, lots of doors can open for lots of different reasons. When when all you've got is your name, when all you've got is your credibility, when all you've got is some tech that's pretty cool, uh, but nobody knows anything about it, um, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. So you know, one of the big takeaways to reach the full potential is have the tenacity believe in the idea um you know don't get so married people have warned me don't get so married to it um that you that you don't lose sight of various things but you you better be in 100 um and then two from a memory perspective um i left the industry once and I've, I've always considered the photographic industry. I can't think of another industry that brings forth the tears of joy and the tears mm-hmm. of sorrow like a photograph. And this is where I get to spend all of my life. Um, I'm dealing with people in the genealogy and the family history world when they're thinking about their own families and reliving memories. They're trying to know more about people who came before them and learn from those people
0: it's um, it's a lovely lovely place to spend time yeah you bring up some great points so I, I want to just hear a little bit about about the the actual company so you're a technology company like you said you have patents which is is obviously a huge differentiator for for you how was it building a brand I mean you mentioned you're 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 a business person so you and you like that you you have you know you have a finance background but how was it building the brand and and like we always talk about, Rick, when I talk with entrepreneurs, you're doing everything, right? So, you, you know, you, at the very beginning, you're finance, marketing, HR, you're, you're everything. So how was that journey? And you've been on it now for all, we are approaching 10 years. So how, how is it going? It's going very well. Um, and
1: it doesn't happen overnight. Uh, one of my PR friends, she says, um, it, it takes 10 years to become an overnight su- success um and and it's a lot like that that there's a lot of nose to the grindstone there are a lot of sleepless nights there are a lot of um oh my gosh moments i'm so happy because you thought you made something happen and and sometimes they do and sometimes they don't um there are lots of moments where (sighs) can 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 you can you pay for everything like brand Um, so, um, you're, you're, you're having to figure out with everybody wanting you to spend money with them, where, where are going to be the best places to spend your money? Um, I live by lots of adages. I love adages. So for instance, you only get one chance to make a first impression. And sometimes with, with technology, with development, it doesn't work on the right timeline. So having the, having the guts, um, to say wrong time, um, I need to eat this one. Um, the, the brand, um, advice always, always live up to your word. Um, you, you, you can never go back if you,
0: if you burn somebody always live up to your word. Yeah, no, I think that, I think that's well said and we're going to make sure Rick that we link to your LinkedIn profile for people to look you know check you out if they want to get in touch with you learn more about your career and we'll also link to uh, the vividpix website which is vivid-pix.com we'll put that in both the YouTube uh, show description as well as the podcast show description to make sure everyone can can check out both you and, and the business uh, I really just I want to say thanks again for coming on because you mentioned you're traveling and and you're visiting a friend. So thanks for, for making time to have the discussion. I always end with the same question, Rick, because again, I have people on the show that I think have had very unique careers, inspirational careers, and diverse careers, and, and you've had all those. And you've been successful at literally some of the biggest companies in the world, and now you've been successful as an entrepreneur. So I always, always close the same question. What is that one thing that's helped you reach your full potential? Or that one piece of advice you give to my audience that, that's helped you be successful in so many different ways. The one word is tenacity. Um,
1: if if you believe in something, whether you work for somebody else and you you are being asked your opinion and you're being asked to do a job, own it. Um, own your ideas. Don't don't be swayed. Listen to other people. Always listen to other people, and and those that listening should allow your thoughts to be good. And then once the decision is made, be tenacious. Hold that bit in your teeth and keep going. Um, and um, don't give up. Don't give
0: up. There are times it'll be easier. Don't give up yeah, and I, and I think uh, I think some other other great points that you shared throughout this is you you made a reference earlier that you worked for some fantastic people back at Kodak and really took advantage of of learning from them and those relationships and that networking. So it it sounds like that's something that you always have done throughout your career, and to your point, it served you very well. So I appreciate you sharing that. And and I and again, I'll just close with this as as a as a husband and a father myself. I love how you led with that, and how that was the most important thing, really throughout your career. What was your family? So, so Rick Voight, thank you so much for for making time to be on the Full Potential Podcast. Uh, really interesting journey. Uh, I can't, I, I just I can't even fathom how many people's lives you've impacted because of the products that you've worked on in your 36-year career in photography. So you should, you should feel happy about that and, and the impact you've had. And, and again, we'll make sure we get your contact and info for everyone, but I wish you the best and I say thank you for joining. Nick, thank you so much for having me on
1: and to and all your listeners. Follow your dream, live life. I hope you enjoyed
0: this episode of the Full Potential Podcast. If you'd like to hear more interviews, please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform, including Apple Podcasts, Google, and Spotify. You can also connect with us on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And don't forget to check out our website, fullpotentialmovement.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing and be well.